Hey, good morning, Eastgate Church. How are we doing? Hey, are you guys in love with Jesus today? Hey, if you're in love with Jesus, let me hear you go, oh, yeah. There we go. Everybody watching online, thank you so much for tuning in and joining with us. Hey, if you would, take a second and remember to like and share the live stream so we can help spread the word and get it out there. Guys, I'm so excited to be back today. Uh, went on vacation for a little bit, and me and Pastor Kelly, we had fun. We drove over 8,000 miles on our little anniversary road trip. It's crazy. It didn't seem like it was that far, because we just had fun everywhere that we went, and uh, it was great. At one point, I was telling the, the ministry team earlier this morning before prayer, uh, at one point, we literally forgot what day of the week it was. So you know you're having a good time away when you forget what day of the week. That it is, you know. But I want to give a big thank you to Pastor Jeremy and Rachel for bringing the word and overseeing the church while we were gone. They did a great job. Yeah. Got excellent leadership here at this church. We're very blessed to have people like them serving with us here and reaching the community with us. We're going to continue our series on the life of Paul today. Y'all enjoying this series? Man, I'm telling you, I feel like we could just continue this till Christmas because there's so much to learn. Uh, from the life of Paul. There's so much that he taught. There's so much depth in, in the things that he gave us to, uh, to not just build our faith on, but to go into the deeper places spiritually. Um, man, I'm telling you, Paul was a powerhouse. He was a powerhouse in the spirit. Uh, but we've got this week, and I think one more week, should the Lord let us in this series next week. And then we're going to kick off another series after that that I'm very excited about because we're going to begin to take a look at the vision of our church and what God is speaking to us as we step into the fall. Look, everything's reopening again. Things are kind of getting back to normal again. And we feel like the leadership team and I and the board and I have been praying, and we feel like it is time to just put the pedal to the floor and go crazy for the kingdom of God and get back out there and re-engage, re, re -engage, but engage with the community in a deeper way, in a more active way to reach people for Jesus. So we're going to be talking about that in this new series and what God is speaking to us and what that means for us as a church and more importantly, what that means for you individually, because I believe God is going to be speaking to us very specifically and very powerfully to grow us into the people that he wants us to be so that we can do what he's called us to do. God is always more interested in what's happening in us. He's always more interested in what's happening in us than what he's doing through us, because what he's doing in us determines what he's able to do through us. Amen? So let's get ready to dive into uh, the life of Paul. We're going to pick up in Acts chapter 28. A lot of stuff has been going on in, in Paul's life. He's uh, in and out of prison, been shipwrecked, went on a crazy adventure on the island of Malta, and he's getting ready to leave that situation and move on uh, on his journey to Rome. And Acts chapter 28, verse 11 says, After three months, we put back out to sea in a ship that had wintered in the island, and it was an Alexandrian ship with figurehead of the twin gods, Castor and Pollux, and we put out at Syracuse and stayed there three days. And from there, we set sail and arrived at Regium. And the next day, the south wind came up. Y'all remember that. The south wind came up. And on the following day, we reached Futoli. There we found, if you're looking for great names for kids, that's a great one right there, by the way. Futoli is a great one. Um, there we found some brothers and sisters who invited us to spend a week with them. And so we came to Rome. Something interesting happened here on Paul's journey away from Malta towards Rome. And if you read over it, it doesn't seem so significant, but in a way it's symbolic of what's going to happen next in Paul's ministry. It says the next day the south wind came up. This is huge because up until then, Paul had been experiencing storms and shipwreck, and bad, bad news, and, and in a way, bad luck in a tough season of travel and getting where he was headed. But the winds changed. This is significant because it means now the winds weren't against Paul, but the winds were with Paul and taking him where he was going. Easy sailing, and, and in a way, it kind of signifies a new season of ministry in Paul's life and a new season of his walk 
with God. Everything begins to change for Paul when these winds change in his favor. And immediately, when, when they arrive, they, they find some brothers and sisters who invited them to spend a week with them. They, they receive some good old-fashioned southern hospitality. They said, y'all come on in. We got biscuits on the stove. We're going to take care of y'all today. That's what they said. So they, they get there, the wind at their backs, and they're welcomed. And this is rare for Paul. He's used to getting rocks thrown at him. He's welcomed. And I want to skip down and just kind of complete this picture before we get into the depth of the message today. Acts 28, same chapter. We're going to skip down to verse 16. It says, when we got to Rome, Paul was allowed to live by himself with a soldier to guard him. This is huge. This is treatment that prisoners normally don't get. I want to skip down a little bit further in Acts 28 and start at verse 30. It says, look at this now, for two whole years, Paul stayed there in his own rented house and welcomed all who came to see him. He proclaimed the kingdom of God and taught about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness and without hindrance. Paul was in a new season of ministry. For two years, he gets to minister uninterrupted. Without hindrance. Nobody's running him out of town. Nobody's beating him with rods. Nobody's taking oaths that they will kill Paul before they eat another meal, which people were doing. You know, he was welcomed into the place, and he had freedom to go and come as he pleased to preach the word of God, to teach it to all the people that came there, and nobody did anything to stop him. This is a shift in what Paul had seen in his life. Up until then. It was a new season that he was walking into. Everybody say a new season. It's a new season. And this is huge because out of these two years that Paul has his uninterrupted ministry, we get the majority of the New Testament that we're reading today. Like with the exception of a handful of books like First and Second Timothy and, and maybe one or two others. He writes all the rest of the New Testament in these, new, in these two years. All the letters to the church in Ephesus and, and in Corinth and, and in Romans. All, all the books of Romans. He, he writes all of that here. All of our understanding of our ability to overcome sin. The Holy Spirit spoke to Paul and he put pen to paper in this season. All the understanding that we have of God's grace and how it doesn't just set us free from sin, but it teaches us to say no to sin in our lives. All of that comes through uh, a, a patchwork of the writings that Paul is, is doing during this season of his life. Paul is entering into what is arguably the most productive season of ministry in his life. It's a new season. It's a new season. No shipwrecks. No hardships. No opposition. It's a season of peace. It's a season of fruitfulness. It's a season of incredible spiritual growth and spiritual significance for us. I don't know if you can feel what I'm feeling in this place right now, but the atmosphere in this room is electric in the spirit. Some of y'all need to hear this right now because you've been fighting through the rough stuff and you've been fighting through the storms, and I'm here to tell you God spoke to me four weeks ago to preach this message to you today, to stand up here and look at you and tell you that you are entering into a new season. You are entering into a new season. Now, this isn't TV evangelist bull junk. Okay? This is Pastor Josh in all sincerity and all honesty talking to you and telling you, listen, it's time for a new season. It's time for a new season. It's time for a new season. You guys watching at home, it is time for a new season in your life. It's a time for a new season in your life. Now, this is huge. This is huge because this is how God operates, okay? God operates. This is very important. You need to get this, all right? If you're taking notes, write this down. God operates in long seasons of preparation and suddenly moments of change. Okay. Paul had been living in a long season of opposition and preparation. Okay. But now he's walking into a suddenly season of change where everything, 
Everything changes for him. And this is how God operates. He did it for Joseph. Joseph went through an incredibly long season of preparation. He went down a path that didn't make sense, but all along the way, God was preparing him and getting him ready for that suddenly moment when Pharaoh would look at him and say, you're no longer a prisoner. You are now the second most powerful man on this planet. God moves just like that. When Jesus ascended into heaven and he was speaking to the believers there as he went up, he told them to go tarry and wait in the upper room and the Holy Spirit would be given to them. And it's funny to me that over 500 people were there when Jesus went up to heaven, but only 120 people were found in the upper room when the Holy Spirit descended down on the church. But the Bible says that suddenly, 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 there was a roar, a rushing wind, and the Holy Spirit descended on the people that were there like tongues of fire. Suddenly, they waited, they tarried, and suddenly, God did what he said he was going to do. Everybody say suddenly. suddenly. You need to hear this because God moves suddenly on the tail end of long seasons of preparation. Some of you guys are on the end of a long season of preparation. Some of you guys are on the end of a long season of battles and fights and wars. And I'm here to tell you not to lose hope, not to lose sight. God's promise is true, and you've got a suddenly moment just around the corner if you will not lose hope. If you will stay faithful, if you will keep your hand to the plow, God's word is true. There's a suddenly waiting for you. How do you know that, Pastor Josh? Because, because I know how God operates. Ecclesiastes chapter 3. Now, this is key. It's one thing to get hyped up and talk about change and talk about new seasons, and God's got a blessing around the corner, and everybody gets excited about that, you know, because we're all going through stuff, and, and he does because his word is true. I just don't want to give you hope and give you the word that God put in my heart and let you know, hey, that new season is right around the corner. I want to equip you today, okay, to be able to navigate through those seasons of preparation so that you are still standing when that suddenly moment is supposed to happen in your life, okay? There's a reason why 120 people were in the upper room and not 500. Because not everybody, not everybody can survive the long season. I want to equip you to be able to do that today. And I want to give you some spiritual principles and truth that's going to help you navigate that and recognize what's happening so that you don't have to blindly go through this and then lose hope in the process. Ecclesiastes 3, verse 1, it says, There's a time for everything and a season, everybody say season, for every activity under the heavens. Seasons. Seasons. God operates in seasons. It's hot outside right now. Man, it is hot outside right now. God, I was, I was joking with everybody this morning, and I was telling them you could take an egg and throw it up in the air, and when it hits the ground, it'll be fried chicken. It is that hot out there. Um, why is it hot? Because it's summertime. It is summertime in the south. It is going to be hazy, hot, and humid. I guarantee you, just like clockwork, every year, every year. Did any of you wake up this morning and expect to see 18 inches of snow on the ground? Not in Georgia. Not in the south. Not in summertime. No, it's hot. Like, being a weatherman right now is the easiest thing on the planet, like in the south. What's the weather like today, Bob? It's hot till, like, November. You know, it's just hot in the south like we got summer and then fall and then we have like fall summer summer fall a whole lot of fall then winter then a little bit of summer winter spring and then it's officially winter i'm talking about weather in the south y'all know what i'm talking about right like like 30 or 40 degrees difference in temperature in one day is raining and snowing one day and the next day it's in the 70s and the day after that is 85 and you're like good grief you know what's going on there are seasons, though, that are set. We know in the summer it's going to be hot. In the fall, it's going to be cool down. I love the fall because I also know that football starts in the fall. Dude, I can't wait. We're getting closer to that right now. College football is going to kick off. The pros are going to kick off. I'm more excited about college football than anything else. I'm excited about hoodies. I'm excited about bonfires. I'm excited about the cool weather coming in, the leaves changing colors. But I know it's going to happen 
every year. I know Christmas is going to come around every year. I know winter is going to come around every year because there are seasons that are in operation. And I know with every season what to expect. I know the summer's going to be hot, the fall's going to be cooler, the winter's going to be cold, hopefully. I know that spring there's going to be a lot of pollen and the yellow demon dust is going to come out and cover everything here in the south. I know it's going to happen because the seasons always work in order. Listen to me. God works in seasons. Now this is important to get, guys. It's important to get. Because if you don't understand this, then you won't understand how God is working in your life. If you don't know how to recognize the seasons that you're in, you'll get frustrated and lose sight of the fact that a new season is around the corner. You'll say, oh, it's going to be hot forever. It's going to be hot forever. And some of y'all love that because you get to put on flip-flops and run to the beach. But I get that. I think you're a little bit crazy, but I get that. I hate the heat. Oh, my gosh, I hate it. Um, but you know it's going to end sooner or later. Listen, recognize the seasons that God operates in seasons. There's a season of testing. Okay, There's seasons of pruning. There are seasons where the enemy is going to attack you. And then there are seasons where the blessing of God is going to be poured out on you. There are mountaintops and there are valleys. And there are mountaintops and there are valleys. And if you don't learn how to recognize what you're in, you'll get frustrated and lose sight of the big picture. And you'll miss the change when God wants to do the change in your life because you're so frustrated and caught up in the season. Some of y'all feel like you're, you've been trapped in the same season over and over and over again in your life. And the reason why is because you've taken your eyes off of the fact that God operates in seasons and you become trapped in the season because of your frustration and your negativity and your outlook and your lack of trust in what God wants to do in your life and you've lost sight of it and you've fallen into the enemy's deception. Okay, I'm here to remind you, look up. God operates in seasons. You're in a season. And sooner or later, you'll be in another season. Like right now, this is a moment. That was a moment. This is a moment now. And that was a moment. Every moment goes to a new season, guys. And I'm here to remind you to maximize the moments that you're in because there's a new season coming. Okay? There's a new season coming. There's a new season coming. And, and in knowing that there's a new season coming, guys, we've got to be ready for the change got to be ready for the change. you got to be ready for the change. Why am I stuck in the same season over and over again? Because you're not ready for the change. You're not ready for the change. People are more concerned about escaping the season that they're in instead of preparing for the season that's around the corner. Okay? You don't want to make that mistake. And that's what people do. Lord, get me out of this situation. Lord, get me out of this circumstance. God, get me out of whatever the mess I'm in. Lord, change my life. Lord, do this. Open this door. Do this. Do that. And we forget about the fact that God is preparing us in this season for what he wants to do in us and through us in the next season. You've got to be ready for that change so that you don't miss the opportunity of change in your life. You know, as one guy... I was in this little leadership uh, session, and he was saying that success happens when opportunity meets preparation. When you're prepared for the moment and the moment comes, then you're able to step into another level of success. And you know what? That translates over spiritually, too. Your new season of growth, that new season that you're, you're believing for, that you're hoping for, listen, it happens when your preparation meets the opportunity that God provides. It's when Joseph is ready, when Pharaoh needs someone to interpret the dream. It's when David is ready, when Goliath is out in the field. You understand what I'm saying? Preparation and opportunity. Most people, like they, they chase the new season like a dog chasing a car. Ever seen a dog chase a car? Yeah. This is the dumbest thing in the world. 
I don't know what the dogs are thinking. i tell you what the dog is thinking. It's going, that's what it's thinking. That's what's going on. It's just car, bark, run. They'll chase the car. It has no idea what it's going to do with the car when it gets it. There's no way. But listen, most people, though, this is how they approach growth in new seasons in their life. We fix our eyes on, on going towards what is next and escaping where we are, and we give no thought to what we're going to do or how we're going to operate as we step into that new season that God is wanting to lead us into. I'll give you an example. It's pretty common with people. How many of you say, Pastor Josh, I could use some more money in my life right now? Oh, man, look, here, me too. I got two hands and a foot up in the air. I feel you. So, so we pray for God's blessing to come into our lives, right? So what do we do? Okay, so we know I'm in this season right now. I want to step into a new season of blessing and financial prosperity in my life, which the Bible says we can do. There's nothing wrong with having money in the kingdom of God. The more God blesses us, the more we're able to bless his church and bless others, and we become a funnel of the blessing of God to other people. That's how it works financially in the kingdom of God. If you want more, start giving more. Man, when he knows he can trust you to give, there's no limit to what he'll pour out on you. I promise you. Um, so we start tithing and giving to the church. We know that's, that's just the starting point. That's what we're supposed to do. So we're faithful in giving and we're faithful in tithing and, and we're believing for the new finances to come and, and, and we're giving and this and, and we're waiting and we're giving and we're praying and we're waiting and we're giving and we're praying and we're waiting, but we're not doing anything to prepare ourselves to operate with wisdom and stewardship with the finances that God has given us. So while we're tithing and we're giving, we're being irresponsible with the money that we have. And we're spending it all and we're going into debt and we're not managing the money and we don't have a plan for the money and we're not, we're not stewarding over it as wisely as we could. And so when God keeps his word because we're giving, and we begin to see a harvest of blessing in our lives. And maybe we go from making $30,000 a year at our job to, bam, here comes a blessing. And we get a new job or a raise and we're making $45,000 a year. It's $15,000 worth of blessing. But we're not ready to handle the blessing that's come. Because we haven't prepared ourselves to be good stewards over what we have. And so we still end up in a negative on our bank accounts, even though we're tithing. Why? Because we haven't prepared ourselves to operate successfully in the blessing that God wants to bring into our lives. That makes sense? That makes sense? So listen, you've got to be ready for the change. And if you pay attention, if you recognize the season that you're in, and you pay attention to what God wants to do in you, he'll pinpoint the areas of growth and the areas of your life that he's working on in that season to prepare you for the change that's coming so that you can thrive in the new season that you're walking into. And I just find yourself repeating yourself over and over and over again. Is this making sense today? Okay, so you got to be ready for the change that's coming in your life. And, and not just that, you know, not just be ready for the change, but you got to make the most of the season that you're in. Okay, I'm going to say it again. Don't be so focused on escaping the season that you're in and getting out of it. I'd even say embrace it, even if it's uncomfortable. And make the most out of the season that you're in. Because this season is an opportunity to grow and prepare for what God wants to do in and through you in the next season. Now, this is powerful. I'm, I'm trying to make it as simple as I possibly can. This is one of the most powerful things you will ever get in your maturing as a Christian. Is to recognize the season that you're in and to learn to make the most of the season that you're in while you're in it. Okay, this takes the focus off of you and puts it on God and what he wants to do in and through you. And it's a game changer. It's a game changer. Because you don't get to be you don't get to be selfish in your outlook. You don't get to throw pity parties. You don't get to pout around and stomp your feet and say, God, why is this happening to me? It's no, it's God. Why is this happening to me? 
What are you wanting to do in and through me? How are you preparing me today so that I can thrive tomorrow? It's a difference. It's a difference. Make the most of the season that you're in. I, when I look at Paul's life, I see a guy who makes the most out of the seasons that he's in. Even going through all the rough stuff that he went through early on in his ministry. Like when God said, go and do what I've called you to do. Paul got a brief window of preparation, about three years or so. And then everywhere he went, it was opposition. Like the dude was not short on haters at all. He did. Like if, if I was him, I'd be like, great. I know what's going to happen today. I'm going to get up. I'm going to go into town. I'm going to try to talk about Jesus. People are going to yell at me. I'm either going to get beat, run out of town, or they're going to try to kill me. All right, let's go do this. You know, this is just a typical day for him when you look at his ministry. Am I going to be shipwrecked today, or am I going to get beat 39 times with a whip? I don't know. Let's find out. You know, it, that, that's basically what he was looking forward to, but he was just unstoppable. I like uh, what Pastor Rachel says about Paul. He's not unstoppable. He's unstoppable, Paul. I think that's awesome. That should have been the name for this series. It really should have. Um, we may change it. We may go back and retro change it. I don't know. It's just awesome because he was unstoppable. Paul, when you look at him, he made the most of the season that he was in. He, he was productive. Paul was productive. In spite of the opposition, in spite of the circumstances, Paul didn't get sidetracked with it. He was productive through it. He did what God called him to do in the middle of just unbelievable opposition. He was productive. Guys, we got to be productive in doing what God has called us to do, even if the season that we're in isn't ideal. Cricket, cricket, cricket. I'm going to say it again, guys. We've got to be productive in doing what God has called us to do, even if the season isn't ideal. There's my church. There's my church. He was productive. And, and I think one of the reasons why he was so productive is because Paul also, he had, he had a great attitude through the whole thing. I mean, you, you, you don't see the guy getting bitter. You don't get the guy, see the guy getting upset. In fact, when Jesus called Paul, <laughs> he, said, I'm he said, I'm going to go and show you how much you're going to suffer for me. Sign me up for that. I'm going to be an example in suffering so that I can inspire others when they go through tough seasons in life. Woo! Yeah, that's going to be awesome. You know, but that's what Paul did. That's what he did. He had a great attitude. And one example of this was when he was on Malta. Okay, just been shipwrecked. Shipwrecked, by the way, because the people running the boat didn't listen to what Paul was telling them to do. So he was on this island, stranded and shipwrecked because of somebody else's stupidity. Now, that's one thing if I jack up my own life. Okay, if I forget to pay the bill then I can own that because I forgot to pay the bill. But if trouble's happening in my life and I got to deal with hard times because of something somebody else did, oh, man, I got to go pray in the Holy Ghost for a few minutes over that. Amen. I'll be honest with you. Bring your trouble over into my life. I got enough to deal with. I don't need to deal with my stuff and fix your problems too. You know what I mean? So, so Paul was in a situation where he was in this because of somebody else. Not listening to him and listening to God. So he's shipwrecked. So he's gathering a bunch of firewood to bring to the fire because they're cold and wet on this island. And the Bible says that a snake or a viper crawls out of the wood and bites Paul on the arm. This gives you a huge insight into Paul. If this had been me, I don't know that I could have done this. If I'm in a situation somebody else put me in, and I'm getting together some firewood so we can stay warm because we're stuck on an island that we weren't supposed to be stuck on because the ship is wrecked, and it wasn't supposed to be wrecked, but they didn't listen to me, and now I'm helping keep the fire going so these knuckleheads can stay warm too, and I'm getting all this wood together, and then I get bit by a snake. God, what's the deal? 
And I'm not, if I'm not careful in my flesh, that's where I'd want to go. What next? Are you kidding me? I did what you wanted me to do. I'm preaching what you want me to preach. I'm just getting wood so we don't freeze to death. And on top of all of this, you're going to let me get bit by a snake too? Paul didn't do that though. The Bible says he just shook it off into the fire. And then everybody else watched to see if he was going to die. Is he dead yet? No. He's still breathing. What in the world? I don't know. That was a poisonous snake. Yeah, it was a poisonous snake. I don't know. He's still there. He shook it off like it was nothing. And the snake didn't have any effect on him. Praise God for that. See, Paul had a little bit of wisdom. Paul had read the book of 2 Tay-Tay. Some of you are looking at me like a crazy. 2 Tay-Tay, y'all know Tay-Tay, right? Taylor Swift, he just shook it off. He shook it off right in the fire. Oh, y'all going to play dumb, and then you're going to awe me when I finally... Oh, see, now... That's not somebody at home. Y'all need to put in the comments that that was a good joke. That was a good joke right there. Somebody needs to own that. But he shook it off, though. Instead of getting mad at God, Paul just shook the snake off and kept a proper attitude. And the reason why he was able to keep a proper attitude is because Paul had a proper perspective. Perspective is everything, guys. Perspective lets you recognize the season that you're in and not get caught up in the storms around you. Perspective keeps your focus on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. Perspective keeps your eyes on him and reminds you that in all things, God is working for the good of those who trust him. It, perspective keeps you grounded. Perspective reminds you that the promises of God are yes and amen. And once God has spoken it, it is so. And it's nothing but a matter of time until you get to the fulfillment of that promise. Perspective is everything. And Paul had perspective. He had perspective. I brought a picture of the sun. I'm going to show you. This is the sun. In case you didn't know. I do not recommend walking outside today and looking directly at the sun. Okay? The sun is huge. The sun is about 93 million miles from the earth, give or take. Say give or take because, listen, when these scientists throw out all these numbers like they're facts, they're not facts. They're guesstimates. They're all approximate, okay? So I'll unfold you. But about 93 million miles away is the sun. And the sun is huge. It's the biggest object on our side of the galaxy. Definitely the biggest object in our solar system. It's huge. In fact, it's so big that you can put 1.3 million Earths inside the sun. This great big planet that we're living on right now, 1.3 million of them can fit inside the sun. That's how big it is. And here's what's crazy. As big as the sun is, and as much heat as it throws off, all I have to do is walk outside and take my thumb and line it up so. And eventually, I can block out the sun as big as it is with just my thumb. Perspective is everything. Because if you're not careful, the little things in life can block your view of what's really important. Okay? It's important. Perspective is everything. And all you see is the difficulty that you're going through. And all you see is the fact that there's not the money in the bank that should be in there. And all you see is that the, the ministry that God's put in your heart isn't birthing the way that, that you thought it would. And all you see is the difficulty that you're walking in and you lose sight of the bigger picture of what God is doing in you in this season. 
so that he can bring about the change of a new season in your life. Perspective is everything. And I, I, think, I think it's so important because perspective keeps things in perspective. You see that God is who God says he is, and Jesus is who he says he is, and the word of God is what it's supposed to be, and that you are who both God and his word says that you are. Regardless of what you're facing in life right now. So you don't have the job that you want to have. That doesn't change who you are in Christ one bit. So you're not rolling in the Benjamins like you want to be right now. That didn't change who you are in Christ Jesus one bit. Listen, having millions of dollars doesn't change you either. You are still bought with a price. You are still a child of the Most High God. You are still an heir and joint heir with Christ Jesus. All rights and privileges included. That's who you are. Why are you saying all that? Because perspective reminds us of that. Perspective keeps that in front of us. Perspective does that for us so that we can reject the lies and see the truth about you, about me, about ourselves. What do you mean? Well, the lie is that we get our identity from the things that we have or the things that we do. We don't get our identity from any of that. We get our identity from who we are in Christ. See, the trap is that we begin to identify with the season that we're in. And that season then becomes our identity instead of who the Word of God says that we are. And we forget that the promises of God are there for us, not just for other people, but for us. Because we're so used to seeing what we see in life that it becomes so familiar that we accept it as just part of life instead of seeing it as a season. And we think life is always going to be this way and that's not how God operates. He operates in seasons. And one season leads to the next. And you look at the things that Paul had been through and I'm just going to read a list of them to you that he gives us in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23. It says, are they servants of Christ? And I'm out of my mind to talk like this. Paul begins to give a resume of what he's been through. He says, I am more. I've, I've worked much harder, been in prison more frequently, been flogged more severely, been exposed to death again and again. What Paul's saying is, I've done been around the block a couple of times. He says, five times. Everybody say five. The five times I received from the Jews, 40 lashes minus one. It's five times he was beaten with a whip, 39 times. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stones. Three times I was shipwrecked. Not once, not twice, but three times. If I was Paul, I wouldn't get on a boat again. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. I've been constantly on the move. I've been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my fellow Jews, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, and in danger from false believers. I've labored and toiled and have often gone without sleep. I've known hunger and thirst and I've often gone without food. I've been cold and naked. Besides everything else, I face daily the pressure of my concern for all the churches. Paul had been through a crazy long season. Paul had been through a lot of opposition. And the trap here was for Paul to wake up on the day that the wind changed and say, today it's going to be like just any other day. Today's going to be like yesterday. I guess my lot in life is to always be broke. I guess my lot in life is to always have 
health issues. I guess my lot in life is to always have failed relationships one after another after another because of the seasons that we're in and the seasons that we're trying to come out of. And the trap, guys, is to let that season become your identity. Paul had been through enough that he could have let that become his identity, but he didn't because Paul knew who he was in Christ. And I'm here to remind you today who you are in Christ. You are not the season that you're in. You're an overcomer by the blood of Jesus. You're above only and not beneath. The Bible says that you're the head and not the tail. The Bible says that you are more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. Child of the most high God. The very spirit that raised Jesus from the dead resides inside of you. How can something as petty and as temporary as a season box you in? This season just opens the door for the next one. Opens the door for the next one. I want to say it one more time. You are not what you've been walking through. That's just what you've been walking through. Who you are is a new creation in Christ Jesus. There was an area in North Kenya that was incredibly prosperous. And this is all this stuff happened pretty recently. So within like the last seven years or so, I think. Incredibly prosperous. They had natural resources, water, able to grow crops, bring industry in, and there was a dividing line with all that prosperity and wealth. And then in the southern Kenya, there was poverty. They didn't have the resources. They didn't have the businesses because of the lack of resources. There was nothing to develop. And if you wanted a job, you had to go north to get the job. And if you wanted produce and products, you had to go north to get it. There was nothing really in the southern part of Kenya. It was just a barren wasteland. And it had been that way for generations and generations and generations. And not just decades, but hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years barren and poor while the north thrived and was prosperous all the wealth was there until one day somebody had an idea and they thought to themselves well if they have resources and water up there I wonder if we don't have resources and water here and nobody had really ever dug or searched. They had just gotten used to the fact that if you lived here, it was poverty. And if you wanted something, you go to the north to get it. So this guy decided, well, nobody else is going to do it. I'm going to do it. Began to dig down. And a little over 100 feet down, you know what happened? He found water. He found water, and not just water, but a huge supply of water. Fresh water. It was clean. It could be used for drinking water. It could be used for, for irrigation. It could be used to water crops. And it changed everything. Now, because a huge source of fresh water was found, they were able to grow their own crops and plant their own fruit-bearing trees. And, and they were able to produce their own food and it changed everything. And the guy said, you know what? If we found water here, why don't we dig around and see what else we can find? And not, not more than a mile from where he hit water, he dug down and they hit oil. And not just oil, but a huge reserve of oil, which brought investors, which brought businesses, which brought all the oil companies there to try to, to, to well out the oil and refine it and and it brought industry and income and wealth into the area and what used to be a desolate poor area of Kenya is wealthy has resources and is thriving 
just because somebody decided to dig a little to see what they could find. You know, sometimes in life we get so used to living in the arid, dry, desolate, poor part of life that we get used to the blessings of God residing with other people and that's something for them. But I live in the poor part of the kingdom of God. They get the resources and they get the provision and they get the finances and they get the doors open for them and they get the new jobs and they get all of that stuff, but not me. Because I'm living in the South Kenya of the kingdom of God instead of the North Kenya of the kingdom of God. And I'm here to tell you, if you will just dig a little bit, you'll find the gifts and the talents and the resources just beneath the surface. And instead of surrendering to me a prisoner of the season that you're in, if you will allow God to do what he wants to do in you and mine out those resources for his kingdom from inside of you, you'll find out that there's no dividing line between the north and the south, that what one person can have, you can have. And what I can have, you can have. What one blessing, a blessing going to one person, listen, There's no VIPs in the kingdom of God. It can come to you. It can come to you. Where most of us miss this is we don't recognize the seasons that we're in and how God is operating in those seasons. And we don't prepare during that season for the change that is around the corner. We let that season identify us and we find our identity in that season. Instead of keeping a proper perspective on who the Word of God says that we are and what the Word of God says that we can have, and we shut up the lies of the enemy and only stand on the truth of who He says that we are, then the doors of change begin to open. Aren't you ready for a season of peace in your life? Aren't you ready for a season of fruitfulness in your life? Aren't you ready for a season of blessing in your life? Yeah, there's seasons of testing and there's seasons where there's trials and there's seasons where the enemy attacks you and God's able to take those attacks and work them for the good if we will let him navigate us through those seasons. There's those seasons, but there are also seasons where God pours his spirit out on us in a new and fresh way. And there are seasons where his blessing is unlocked in our lives and we're able to prosper. And there's seasons where his favor rests on us so strongly that every door opens in front of us. There are seasons where he is a way maker, where he is the one that empowers us, where he is the one that pours his anointing out on us. There's seasons of peace and fruitfulness and prosperity spiritually for us also. We got to recognize the seasons and be ready for the change to step in. Tim, am I talking to anybody this morning? Am I talking to you at home today? You got to be ready for the change. You got to be ready for the change. And All of this happened in Paul's life, and he was able to enter into what was the most productive years of his ministry. Because he recognized the seasons that he was in. And when the time for change came, he was ready. He paid attention, and he learned the lessons. And he listened to the Holy Spirit and followed his leading. And he was equipped and ready the wisdom and the knowledge and the inspiration to put pen to paper and begin to write everything that we have today. Because he made the most of the seasons that he was in. I wonder if the best and productive days of your life aren't ahead of you and not behind you. Spoiler alert, they're ahead of you. They're ahead of you. Are you ready for a change today? Oh, praise God presence in this place everyone if you would let's just stand let's stand together and as you stand I want you to just bow your heads and close your eyes for a moment so I can say are you ready for a change in everybody <laughs> me too me too it's ready for a change in something but I, I find More often than not, that God doesn't just deal in broad brush strokes. He more often deals with pinpoint accuracy. 
in our lives. As he operates in seasons, each season is connected to the next, and each season is a season of preparation for the next season of productivity. God's in the business of doing things in us before he does stuff through us. And I bet you, I bet you, that if we're honest with ourselves, he's already spoken to us about the areas he wants to grow us in. Whether it's trust in him, whether it's him trying to get you to step out of the pain of your past and allow him to heal you in the deepest parts of who you are. Or he's trying to teach you to have a proper perspective and not get caught up in the repetitive nature of the difficulty that you're facing or the health problems or the situations but to keep your eyes on him and know regardless of what you see he is constant and ever present and more than enough and that a new season is coming the season's just temporary. See, it's summer. Fall's on the way. It's fall and winter's on the way. It's winter and spring is on the way. And what you're in right now is not for forever. Paul had the perspective to be able to write in, in the midst of all the stuff that he had gone through and what he had seen. And he, he wrote that these light, momentary temporary troubles are earning for us an eternal reward wow he, he had it figured out he had it figured out how many of you would say this morning heads bowed eyes closed no one looking around I just Pastor Josh you know what God God's kind of spoken to me already on what he's working on and today I'm going to give him full access to do what he wants to do in my life because I'll tell you guys that's the key that unlocks the next season that you're desperately trying to get to that you're believing for when I count to three if you know you know and, and this isn't going to be the sum total of what we're praying about today but just a moment of honesty because in my experience most of us already know what he's been speaking to us and Say, Pastor Josh, I know what he's been speaking. I know what he's been speaking, and it's time for me to step up and let him do what he needs to do in me. If that's you, on the count of three, lift your eyes and look at me. One, two, three. Let's don't see him. I'm about 100% in here, everybody. We know. We know. And I'm here today to remind you that that is the key. That is the key that unlocks it all all over this place if you would let's let's just lift up our hands and just as a sign of surrender because that's what we're doing right now father you hold the keys to every season of life it's you not that you hold it it's that you are it father as you've already been speaking to us and the areas that you're growing us in and preparing us in, Father. I, I pray, first of all, that no one feels guilt because of the repetitive nature of having to deal with this. Lord, you're, you're not a God that guilts, but you are a God that convicts through your Holy Spirit to bring about change. And that's what I ask in this moment, Holy Spirit, that you do what only you can do, Lord, that you convict, but through that conviction that you bring encouragement. She brought me here today to remind them that you love them enough not to leave them where they are. But your heart is to see them become everything that you died for them to become. And accomplish everything that you purposed for their lives. And I pray today, Father, that none of us would find our identity in the repetitive struggles that we're going through in seasons of our lives, Lord, but we would be reminded today that our identity is found in you.
what your word says, what you say, who we are. That doesn't change. The seasons of life change, but that doesn't change. Who we are is just as constant as the God that put that title on us. Sons and daughters of the Most High. Lord, I pray that we recognize the season that we're in, Lord, and that we pay attention to what you want to do so that we don't miss a beat, so that we can step into that change and not just step into the change, Lord, but be prepared by you to thrive in that new season and not just get there and say, what do I do next? But to get there and not miss a beat as we follow your leading, Lord. Father, you're growing us and you're molding us into the people that you want us to be. Because you have a huge calling on this church. You have a huge calling on each of our lives. You have a huge calling on every person that's watching this at home right now or might be listening to this recording later. Listen, God has a purpose and a calling for your life, but that's going to operate in seasons. You've got to be productive. You've got to have the right attitude. And you've got to keep the right perspective so that you don't miss the forest for the trees and let something small cost you the big picture of what God wants to do in and through your life. Lord, I pray that we're all people that trust your voice and step out. But let you prune where you want to prune and nurture where you need to nurture and heal and restore. Father, I pray that you breathe a fresh breath of encouragement and life into us all today. This is just a season, and a new one's around the corner. Lord, let the winds shift. Let the winds shift and carry us into that new season today, Father. Lord, prophetically, I speak it. I speak it over these people because prophetically you've given me this word for them. Lord, let it be so. Let it be so. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Everyone who receives that, say amen. 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 God is good, isn't he? He's so good. So grateful for what God's doing in this church. Big picture. I feel in my spirit that our church is moving into a new season too. And you got to be careful when you say that because... Pastors and preachers and TV evangelists, man, they, they abuse statements like that so much. They do. But, but God does operate in seasons. Everyone leads to another. And I believe our church is entering into a new season. And I know that because I believe the word of God is true that came out today. Many of us are walking into new seasons in life today too. And I can't wait to see what God does in and through it. Really can't. Lift up, our, lift up our hands one more time. We just, we just thank you. You guys at home, lift up your hands and let's just, let's just thank you one more time. Father, thank you. Lord, for the truth of your word. Father, thank you for your presence in this place. God, maybe we never take your presence for granted in this church or in our own personal lives, Father. It is an honor and a privilege to be able to be in your presence. Father, I thank you for what you're doing in and through this church, Lord. And we just give you glory and we give you praise for the promise that you've given us today and the reminder that you've given us today, Father. And that this isn't just for someone else, but it's for us individually. Every one of us in this room, every one of us in your kingdom, there are no exceptions. We all have access. We all have access to the same promises and potential growth and seasons we are who you say we are god we give you glory we give you praise in the powerful powerful name of jesus amen and amen and amen let's praise god one big time come on because he's worthy he's worthy so worthy so worthy so So now you got some homework. 
You get to go out of here today and you get to walk this out. You get to walk this out. Isn't that exciting though? You get to walk out his promise. You get to walk out his provision. You get to walk out what he's doing in you in anticipation of what he's going to do through you and for you. How awesome is that? How awesome is that? God bless you guys. Thank y'all so much for being here. Hope to see you next week. Got a powerful word next week. It's going to be great to see you guys. You guys tuning in online, tune in next week. It's going to be a great message. I'm all, I wish we could hit pause and just get into next week's message today. Um, but we got to go home. We got to work this out first. Amen. All right. So let's go put this into practice. Come back next week. Ready to hit a new level. God bless you. We love you.